Welcome everybody to the Split Six Podcast, the podcast where we split a six-pack and talk about three different topics each over the course of one beer. I'm your host, Nick Legell, and today I'm joined by uh, one of everyone's favorite guests on Split Six, Vinny Monea. Welcome back. Hey! <laughs> it's been far too long since I've seen you, and it's been far too long since you've been on the podcast. Yeah, no. <clears throat> yes to both of those, definitely. It has, it's been it's been way too long since I've been able to hang out with you. And yeah, doing these is always really fun. And I, I'm, I'm really, 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 really glad people like my uh, episodes that I'm on. <laughs> yes, you always bring the fire takes, as we say around these parts. <laughs> um, uh, so how have Yay. you been? What's new? Uh, so um, I've been super awesome. And actually... Uh, I just been in like a really good mood about everything lately, and uh, um, really in taking a high pressure boiler operator training course this year. Yes, um, we were, we and were talking I'm, about this off mic. Yeah, and I I really like both of the teachers I have this semester. They're both super cool people. Joe Wineclaw and Keith Adkins, you know. Shout out to Joe Whiteclaw. We have Wineclaw. It's like a claw <laughs> that's made of wine. <clears throat> and uh, um, yeah, like I, I'm, I'm really, really enjoying the classes. Uh, I'm having a great time. Uh, you know, learning lots of cool stuff. Like Nick, did you know that uh, steam boilers were invented by the ancient Romans? Uh, I did not know that. Yeah, and but I uh, wouldn't be surprised by it necessarily. Yeah, it, it's it's really neat. They they had a lot of uses for them. Like my favorite of which was uh, rich Romans uh, would have boilers installed in their like basements so they could have heated flooring, so their feet didn't have to be cold in the winter. Oh, uh, they were invented the inventors of heated uh, tiles. Yes. Hell yeah. Yeah. Way, way to go, Romans. Yeah, and. <laughs> Uh, those ancient Roman steam boilers. Uh, so they didn't really have any kind of like uh, um, meters or dials or really much of that much of anything to read like the steam yeah. pressure level. So uh, they were actually kind of prone to exploding and <laughs> killing the people operating them. So the original pressure cooker bomb. Yes, exactly. So <laughs> maybe not ancient, so good on that part, Romans. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so uh, in ancient Rome, being a high pressure steam boiler operator was a really, really, really bad job to have. <laughs> <laughs> well, hell yeah. Well, everybody, um, uh, before we get into what we're drinking, I just want to announce that we are debuting a new segment on the podcast tonight. Ooh, um, what is this new segment you speak of? <laughs> so, you know, normally we have sports, entertainment, and politics. They will all still be there, except for I'm going to start allowing my guests to take control of one of the segments by just saying, hold up, right when we get to it. We're going to call this segment Hold Up, and then they can talk about whatever the fuck they want to talk about, whether it's something specific, <laughs> whether it's a story about themselves, just anything they want to talk about in case, you know, like, for example, they don't know one of the one of the topics. So we're going to roll with that. But before we get into the topics of today, Vince, what are we drinking? Ooh, so uh, today, thank you, uh, today we will be drinking Shorts Brewery Pure Michigan Autumn IPA. And uh, so already, immediately, I'm hyped because the bottle art is uh, its two really pretty autumn-colored leaves in a pond, but the leaves look like the, the rabbit in the mitten of Michigan. Yeah, one is clearly a maple leaf. The other one, I'm not sure what kind of a leaf that is. Uh, I actually don't know what kind of leaf that is either. 
Well, cheers, brother. Yes. Let's taste these. Yeah, I'm a. Tastes like an IPA. Mm. With a I'm, I'm liking that. Subtle notes of autumn. Yes. I think mainly placeboed into my brain from the looks of the bottle. Yeah, uh, <laughs> placebo or not, this tastes really good, and uh, I would be happy to drink more of this. Well, so I am going you to. You will have two more, if you'd like. <clears throat> Excellent. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Actually, ha- have you ever ABV. had someone on the podcast, quick side note, have you ever had anyone on the podcast who hated the beer so much that they wouldn't drink more of it? Uh, me, <clears throat> I have. and I did. <laughs> <laughs> One of the early episodes I did with the list, I hated the beer. Beer number one, sports. All right, moving on to sports. Um, uh, yeah, Lions had a bye week. Not much to talk about there. Um, crazy shit going on with the president and the NBA right now, which I'm sure we'll get to mm-hmm. in uh, politics. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vince, anything you want to bring to the table for sports? Well, so I, I did. I did want to say real quick that. Uh, I'm happy the Lions aren't making complete fools of themselves this season. <laughs> um, so I am Monday night. very, very, very cautiously optimistic that they will actually get into one playoff game this season. Yeah. But I that I any, the, anything better than that, it's pushing it. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm I'm really I really hope that they can, you know. You know, not be an embarrassment. Not self-destruct like they do every year? Yes, exactly. Yeah, we'll yeah. see. Starts yeah. on Monday night against Green Bay and Lambeau. We're counting on you, Maddie Patty. <laughs> Come on, baby. <laughs> but um, unless there was anything else really pressing, hey, sports really just stop me whenever by saying hold up. Okay. Uh, yeah, then I-, I would like to say hold up. Oh, hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Wait. Are- okay, so you-, you don't want to do sports today. It's a shocker. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, instead of sports, Vince, what do you want to talk about? Um, so, as you know, and I think at least some of you out there know, uh, about a month ago now, um, roughly, yeah. roughly, uh, about, I about, actually... About almost exactly. Yeah. Uh, uh, my dad and I uh, got back from a trip to Germany. Nice. And Deutschland. I Yeah. <laughs> Uh, das ist sehr gut. Uh, as far as sehr gut. The rest of this yeah. podcast will be in German. <laughs> <laughs> Nein. <laughs> Nein. <laughs> ich spreche kein Deutsch. Uh, ein bisschen. <laughs> I believe that means I speak small Deutsch, and I don't know what ein bisschen means. Uh, I, I, thought was, uh, I thought, well, so any of you out there, feel free to correct me next time you see me. But I think what I just said was, I don't. I speak bad German, and then I said a little. Yeah, okay, there we go. <laughs> we all speak a little bit of kind German. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> or, or should I say, ich spreche schlecht Deutsch. That yeah. would be more accurate, I think. Schnell, schnell, schnell. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry. So, um... <clears throat> so yeah, tell so me, I'd tell, love tell to me, tell uh, you about the trip to Germany, because well, it was a blast. Let's start with... Uh, the plane ride. Mm-hmm. So, did you fly out of uh, Detroit? Yes. Did and the, you go the straight flight, there? Y- uh, yeah, actually. Okay. Which how is long, awesome. How long was the flight? Uh, I don't remember. 
It was uh, a woman from uh, Northville actually talked to me for like the the first three hours, which was you know friendly. And then I don't remember. I think I slept through the rest of it. It was uh, you decent, must a, uneventful. You must be pretty good at flying. Ah, uh, thank you. <laughs> uh, but so you went with your father, right? You say that? Yes, yes. Okay. Um, good old Marco. Yep. Hi, dear. Marco Polo Monea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't think my dad will ever uh, know technology well enough to listen to this podcast. But in case you ever do, Dad, hi. Hey, <laughs> well, uh, Marco, if you know how to use a smartphone, you know how to find a podcast. Come on. Sadly, he does not know how to use a smartphone. That's an issue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, anyways, uh, there's I'll there's send a over ton. An, an there's track player of this episode. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> so, there's a ton of stuff I'm gonna have to omit just for the sake of brevity because there was so much cool stuff that happened on this trip. Okay, so um, uh, where did you land into? So we landed in. Amsterdam, which is the capital of the Netherlands. So you didn't fly straight to Germany like you said. Well, okay. What I mean is there was no connecting flights. Oh, okay. That, that was it. Got you. Yeah. Um, Did you stay in Amsterdam long? Yeah. So we spent actually a day and a half roughly in Amsterdam uh, before actually going into Germany because we did a Rhine River cruise. So the Rhine River, uh, which is the third longest river in Europe, it goes through multiple countries. And so our, our cruise ship was actually docked in Amsterdam Harbor and so was we got it like to, an actual cruise ship like a big yeah. one or like a small like a viking version? viking cruise okay, ship cool yeah um so i so we got to go to a uh uh so we found out that holland is not its own country uh it's a state within the netherlands the oh, way so michigan is both. a state within the united states oh gotcha. yeah um, so we got to go into is Holland, where Amsterdam is. Sorry to keep cutting you off. I'm no, just it's trying good. to interview you. It's good, dude. Um, so <laughs> it's my uh, podcast, you don't get a choice. I'm sorry. <laughs> Please don't hit me again. <laughs> so, uh, um, the, so we we got to go into uh, into Holland because uh, okay. yeah, Amsterdam is right there in Holland. Okay. Um, so uh, we got to see a, a windmill village. And dope, uh, dope. super, super pretty. And it was Did really you get cool. cancer from those windmills? Uh, no, <laughs> but there were dead birds everywhere. There, there were just actually? mountains of dead birds. Like people's houses were constructed <laughs> out of dead birds. That's why birds are now extinct in the Netherlands because they have so many windmills there. <laughs> that's why That's why we can't allow electric windmills in this country either. Yeah. Bald eagles will be dying left and right. Fucking America, baby. Yeah. Were they like the old-fashioned windmills? Yes, the old-fashioned like windmills. The cool-looking ones, not the tall white sticks? With oh, the- I love the tall white sticks. But <laughs> <laughs> they have great music. That is something <laughs> revealing about Vince over here. <laughs> <laughs> So you swear you never tell anyone. <laughs> so I mean, you said it. <laughs> uh, so um, 
the yes, these are the old-fashioned kind, and we got to find out that uh, windmills were not just used to mill grains. There were mul multitude of different uses windmills had. Like uh, you could make ones into sawmills. Uh, there could be ones for uh, making like crushing nuts and seeds for oil. Mm -hmm. And we got to see uh, the ones or batch of ones we got to see were essentially a like renaissance era paint factory and what they would do with these is they'd crush stones to get the colored pigments from them to make paint interesting using yeah. the power of the wind yes so um uh i guess i never thought about what windmills actually were used for um you know when they were i guess they were used to mill things yeah um does it it sounds like it's kind of like this tour you went on it's kind of like a comparison to going to like in a very lame comparison, but like mm -hmm. how we have uh, apple orchards or our apple cider things, like going and see how that all works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's not a bad comparison, actually. Mm -hmm. um, it was really the tour guide for this windmill was so funny. He was like, uh, uh, you know, these uh, these were the 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 paints that we produce here. You know, these are the same kind of paints that Rembrandt would have used famous renaissance painter mm -hmm. uh and now as i hope the the tour guide continued uh as i hope you all know uh Re rembrandt is dead and he's been dead for a long time uh but <laughs> thankfully for us a lot of people today think they're rembrandt so we have no shortage of customers <laughs> <laughs> and, okay <laughs> yeah and he, he went on to explain that uh um uh uh, actually, their uh, their biggest customer is not actually regular people. It's museums. Because museums mm. the world over buy paint from them when they're doing art restoration projects. So they can use authentic Renaissance oh. paint to restore the That's paintings. That's smart, smart. Yeah. And apparently facilities like this used to be, like, there used to be a number of them in Europe. But mm -hmm. this, at least according to him, this is the last one that's still operable. Um, and uh, someone asked if they actually could buy paint there. And he's like, yeah, at the, the end of this tour, you'll go through their gift shop and you can buy paint here, uh, made here for your own personal use. But I'm going to let you know it is more expensive than and of a lower quality than paint you can get literally anywhere else. But <laughs> you can't beat that historical authenticity. <laughs> you know, I'm sure some people bought it. <laughs> yeah. If I had more money, I would have too. So what was the next leg on the tour? Um, so, on the uh, and then trip? I will say really quick, uh, again, because it's like I have to have to we have to cut stuff out. I'm sorry. We only got 30 but, minutes. So uh, I liked Amsterdam way more than I thought I would. Just weird, crazy place. Like yeah. I got to ask yeah. the golden question that everyone's thinking. Mm -hmm. Did you do any drugs and did you fuck any prostitutes? <laughs> <laughs> no and no. Did you see people doing drugs and fucking prostitutes? I saw people doing drugs everywhere. Like uh, <laughs> You can go into pretty much any coffee shop. Um, and except Starbucks and buy marijuana, and you can smell marijuana just everywhere just downtown, a, a dank um, old town. And uh, um, 
uh, I did have the owner of a bar uh, ask me if I'd like to come back later for a strip show he'd be doing. Okay, so um, it's just like but, everyone everyone imagines. Uh, and I did go to a bar, I think it was called the East India House, um, where like one of the walls was just covered in like pictures, not paintings, like photographs of naked women fondling themselves. Dope, dope. Um, but no, I did not actually go to the red light district. I did not actually <laughs> sleep with a prostitute. Oh, good for you. Nice self control. I mean, you, yeah, you, you've embraced. <laughs> I, I, uh, and you were with your father. Yeah, that. Too. Well, did your father go? <laughs> no, <laughs> at least not that I'm aware of. <laughs> um, I did. It was funny. Uh, and some of the gift shops, I saw these like uh, rip off, like uh, um, these like shirts and things that were like rip offs, uh, shameless rip offs of other properties. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, um, like they had a, a shirt that was instead of My Little Pony, it was My Color Pony. I would have bought so many of those if they had ones in my size. Uh, but and they also had these these a uh, lot of these things with this rabbit Miffy, and Miffy just looked like the most shameless Hello Kitty ripoff, like barely different. Yeah. Like I'm just like, and actually like, so I was I thought this was the funniest thing. I was telling some uh, some of my uh, other friends about that. After I got back, I'm like, wow, they must not have any copyright laws in there. <laughs> and uh, they actually pointed out to me that Miffy actually, Miffy the rabbit, uh-huh. actually predates Hello Kitty. Oh, really? Even though Miffy looks like a lazy as hell ripoff of Hello Kitty, Miffy was actually first by like a long, long time. Um, uh, speaking of that, <laughs> yeah. someone I follow on Instagram uh, posts something to their story, mm-hmm. and it's this. Will you describe this to our? Uh, so, well, you have to keep your finger on it. On so, the screen, so uh, it so it's a picture of uh, these costumes. One is a plumber wearing a green shirt and hat and blue overalls. The other is a plumber wearing a red shirt and hat and blue overalls and that both the costume labels say funny plumber <laughs> yeah and my, my friend said move along no copyright infringement here see yes like like there is stuff like a ton of stuff like that yeah. i saw oh <laughs> uh, yeah that's my friend that's my friend from uh ireland so I, oh I'm gosh sure. i love you nick's friend from ireland <laughs> <laughs> you have a very good sense of humor so all right uh, so let's we, get to we, germany yes so we started sailing into germany and uh um so uh i'm gonna get the the worst thing out of the way first here so okay. the very first place this is the worst we, part of the entire so trip the the entire cruise i would say so yes okay um is we started sailing so we started sailing to germany and the first place in germany to stop at was the city of cologne uh, which was founded by the Romans. Actually, this Bring, was the, all comes back to the Romans. Yeah, actually, a lot of cities on the Rhine River were originally founded by the Romans. And uh, now, obviously, the original bridge is not still here, but they, their Cologne is the site of the first ever bridge built across the Rhine River. Now, now, you know, mm-hmm. city of Cologne, right? Yeah, yeah. Why, why do we call Cologne as in? The fragrance cologne is that have anything to do with the city? Um, you know, they didn't. I didn't learn anything about that when I was there, and I actually neglected to look that up. Did it? So smell I actually funky don't know. There. No, it did not. Did it smell good? Mm-mm. 
Okay, well, let's move no. on. So basically, <laughs> as uh, so, what's up so, with this so the way and so real quick, the way that the the cruise company, the River Cruise Company, where Avalon Waterways, uh-huh. they did a really good job organizing these excursions. Where if you want to stay on the cruise ship the entire time, you can. And when the ship stops at a point of interest, you can just go wander away and, you know... Just get back at a certain time? Yeah, exactly. But there's also guided tours if you are, want to take those. And so we did a guided tour through uh, Cologne. And uh, while we were there, on um, this guy who looked a lot like Jordan... Looked a lot like our friend Jordan. Yeah, uh, came uh, up to the, the just, guy in the pockets that always brings the kombucha. Yeah, hip kombucha guy. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> um, he this guy just starts following us around our tour up and like I couldn't understand most of what he was saying, but I just understood just enough to understand he was like yelling mean things at us, oh. and the tour guide <laughs> had to tell him to like beat it. And I asked the tour guide, what was that about? And apparently this dude was, like, mad at us for being tourists and mad at us for being tourists who were there and were ruining his town and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> um, it's like we could use – I that we America could use more people like him. I wonder what it would be like <laughs> – oh, I think we got plenty. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder what it would be like to have our, like, town just infested with tourists. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I know. No that one would... comes to visit Livonia Garden City. Oh, no. Um, for good reason. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, uh, oh, look at all those old people. Cool. Uh, oh, white? Oh, wow. White? Is it winter already? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, um, so we went, you know, I got to see Cologne Cathedral, um, which is this Gothic style medieval Catholic church. And uh, so, Nick, as I'm, I'm pretty sure you know, I'm Roman Catholic, uh, but I, I have to say, Cologne, and I'm sure someone at some point in my life, in my future, is going to listen to this podcast, hear this, and then come and try and kill me for saying this, but <laughs> that bill, that is the ugliest building I have ever seen in my life. Like, that, like, <laughs> it looked like something straight out of Mordor. You know, maybe Voldemort and Sauron like chill there. Just hideous, hideous building. Oh um, God! Yeah, like um. So it's like the um, which actually is funny. The they actually did use uh like the Gothic uh Catholic churches as inspiration for Mordor architecture yeah. in the Lord of the Rings I mean, films. Gothic and, <clears throat> Gothic articulture or not architecture? Architecture <laughs> um it is like. Just it just seems grim, and I feel like that was a purposeful thing that they did at the time. So like, uh, um, scare scare people into believing. Yeah, <laughs> and like uh, it's covered in statues. In um, it basically uh, it, it's covered in statues, and a lot of the statues are not of saints. Um, they're of like pe- rich people who donated money donated money to the church and in exchange got to be posed next to saints um oh. and basically Classic. it was this money money is always and will always rule all yeah like this building was actually like an irritant for Martin Luther and I can totally see why cuz basically rich people would 
come and be like, yeah, um, so I, I had my army, like, kill a ton of civilians and, let, like, steal their stuff. Can I, like, pay you and be forgiven automatically? Yeah, sure, whatever. I sins are forgiven. Now give me that money. <laughs> um, yeah, my favorite um, scene in New Girl, it's like Schmidt said, like, um, because uh, he's Jewish, so he's mm-hmm. at, like, uh, what do they call? The synagogue. The synagogue, and he's yeah. talking to the whatever i'm sorry i'm very uneducated with religion but he's like at, trying to be like am i a good person how can I be the forgiven? rabbi the rabbi and he's, mm. he's like i don't know what you're doing here and he's like oh god you know if i was just a, a catholic i could just do like five hail marys and we'd be all square <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh oh that's funny and so inside the building the 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 also, the exterior of the building over the years has been, like, it's, like, stained with, like, soot. So mm-hmm. it looks even more, like, grotesque and miserable and evil from the, you know, than it would uh, yeah. already. And then in the inside, somehow the inside decor, it almost eclipses the exterior's miserable hideousness. <laughs> um, if the inside of this building is just crammed crammed with this depressing ugly catholic kitsch um you know which kitsch basically means like uh trashy garbage um (laughs) like uh rough translation yeah it's like uh i actually i don't i I don't know what word that that, what language that word's from but anyways yeah the hang on my microphone keeps sliding away um, you can just hold it for now, fix yeah. it at the break. So, uh, yeah, so, ba- and basically, the it's just this miserable, hideous building. Um, I, I did just, it's just like, it's just, it's a giant monument to greed and nepotism and just, just the worst kind of organized religion. Uh, the one part I'm glad about you agree. the the worst. <laughs> part about the or so the best part about the interior of the church is the only part that's considered controversial which is actually my favorite part of the interior of the church it's called the symphony of lights it's a this one stained glass window um that's uh it looks like pixel art it looks like abstract pixel art like it's just a bunch of multicolored squares that don't form like a set image yeah excuse me um, it's okay. We won't edit that out. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it's good beer. <laughs> um, so, uh, <laughs> um, so uh, um, the Symphony of Lights, as it's called, it's called that because when the sun hits that window, it sprays like rainbow light through the interior of the building. Okay, which I thought was super beautiful. I wonder if that um, was intentional or accidental. I I think the. It they it, it might have been like uh I don't know I think the reason though why it's considered controversial is because they're afraid that if the light touches you you'll turn gay oh oh yeah because it is rainbow is, light is that where the rainbow uh, stereotype came from I have no clue or was this just a joke I'm that's just a joke <laughs> I'm just making fun of the people who built that building yeah. and who say they like it all right and, Vince, we yeah. are pressed for yeah. time so yes. let's get to germany sorry <laughs> <laughs> sorry so, this microphone is on the fritz we will is. fix it at the break. so yeah sorry so uh then we actually ev- literally everything else aside from that was 
awesome and perfect in the trip. So like in the, the very next town, Koblenz, uh, we got to see what's called a Romanized church. And a Romanized church is a church that uh, it, was a, it was a Gothic church. Mm. Then in the Renaissance, uh, people basically said, hey, why do we have our churches covered in all this miserable, ugly filth? Let's strip that off and make it actually not a hideous, perpetually depressed place. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, and so it, that's what a Romanized church is. Okay. And uh, the Romanized church looks a million times prettier than uh, a Gothic church, especially the uh, uh, Cathedral of Cologne, the yeah. Cologne Cathedral a lot less of hideousness um, and self-hatred. <laughs> um, and so... Uh, this church was actually really cool. They actually had monuments in this church to people uh, from Germany of many different faiths and walks of life who died uh, resisting the Nazis. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was actually very uplifting. Um, I feel like we had to look forward to that here in uh, our American future. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're going we're gonna to have to have those people who... Uh, uh, died defending Mexican immigrants. Uh, so, anyways, uh, there was this is kind of sad. We saw in that same town a uh, like a Jewish heritage museum, and this was the site of a synagogue. Um, but the synagogue was destroyed by the Nazis, and then when the uh, Nazis were defeated, um, only of the town's original Jewish population, only two were still alive so there wasn't enough of a community left to to rebuild the synagogue mm. so they built the jewish heritage museum there um then uh we got to see the uh the rhine gorge uh which the rhine gorge is it was beautiful beautiful stretch of the rhine river like uh yeah so many like beautiful houses and beautiful like green forests and grape vineyards which germany's wine industry is really coming back um a lot of grape nice. vine, a lot of wine vineyards along yeah. the rhine gorge lots of cool castles old castles you got to see wine and, is just straight up coming back apparently. yeah and uh um that's something i say germany does a fantastic job of taking care of their environment there uh, even in areas where there's big, massive cities and heavy industry, mm -hmm. uh, the the right like the riverways seem clean, and there's lots of healthy old growth forests like immediately around the major cities. Like that's yeah. the thing in Germany. Like it's not like here where it's like major city suburbs, 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 and then rural, 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 and then that just kind of dissipates when it hits yeah. a national park or something. Right. Like uh, it's like major city stop old growth forest oh okay yeah it's beautiful country is beautiful so what was the favorite city you went to there um ooh heidelberg definitely heidelberg hey is that anything um, to do with the heidelberg project in detroit i have no clue what that is okay um um someone told me that there's a heidelberg bar in ann arbor which i need to check out okay but so, so what's um, up with heidelberg so uh yeah oh so many things i have to skip so anyways so uh we'll have heidelberg, again. so uh heidelberg has a there's a castle um 
there overlooking the town. Yeah. And uh, uh, so we got first when you get to Heidelberg, we got to do a tour of the castle. And uh, so, oh, we got louder. Yeah, sorry. I was wondering why my, I couldn't hear this well, but that's why. It's all good. <laughs> so, uh, so there's a castle like overlooking the town of Heidelberg. And this castle has a funny little history to it. Basically, uh, um, the, the French came and conquered it and then left. Uh-huh. And then it got rebuilt. And the French came back and took it again and then left. And then the castle got rebuilt a second time and the the surviving heir to the castle was 17 years old and he married an english princess and uh, the english princess was uh she was homesick and she was like oh this castle's ugly and these cannons are depressing and and the 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 lord of the castle was like oh honey don't worry i'll take out those ugly cannons and uh, cannons and i'll put in a a real English garden uh, along the perimeter of the castle just for you. And uh, How sweet. I know. And he was thinking like, dang, I, I, my wife is an English princess. I don't got to worry about those Frenchies no more. I got the English on my side. <clears throat> and uh, <laughs> um, and then the, the French came back again and uh, the king of England was basically like, mm, not my problem. You're on your own. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Um, Classic old kings not caring about the females. Yep. And uh, so the French conquered the castle again. And then they were like, you know, we're Pierre, we're, I'm, I'm kind of sick of conquering this castle. You? And he's like, yeah, Jean-Claude, I'm also sick of conquering this castle. Let's just blow it up. And so they filled the inside of the castle with gunpowder and blew it up from the inside and left. And then the other lords of this uh, German state... Uh, we're like, yeah, you know, we're we're kind of sick of rebuilding this castle. Let's just move the capital somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this castle was a ruin for many, 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 many years. And a town sprung up around it. And uh, now it's actually a really cool uh, uh, college town uh, sprung up around the castle. And they use the castle for, like, community theater events and like they do public like movie screenings so they in the rebuild it after they, after they blew it up <clears throat> they rebuilt enough of it for you to go into it and not be have to be afraid of like the building collapsing Got around you. you also they have a historically accurate replica of the world's largest wine barrel there oh, just nice. like it's a three stories high it's massive it was only ever filled up three times though it was really only for bragging rights yeah, that sounds um, sounds like something that somebody. That sounds like the old fashioned version of driving a lifted big truck. <laughs> so someone with a small dick definitely made that wine <laughs> wine up, Daryl. <laughs> so, but but we are. Yeah. you got you probably got one story left. So tell me about the best part of your trip. Uh, so well, we're in the we're in the best part of the trip. If I can't finish it here, I'll bleed into the next part just a little. Okay. But so, uh, um, the castle tour was awesome. Uh. And uh, um, we when, then we we go down into the town of Heidelberg itself, mm-hmm. and uh, um, and so me and two of the other people who are on the castle tour, uh, we have to uh, we have to go to the bathroom, and we don't know where to find a bathroom. And so one of the two people I'm with there goes up to this young couple that's just eating at a table outside a restaurant and asks them in English where are the toilets, and. Uh, 
uh, the guy actually points out where the public restrooms are. And so we thank him and go to that building and it turns out there aren't public restrooms there. And so <laughs> we walk out and we're, we're, we must have been very obvious. One, oh, I'll continue that in a second. Fear number two, entertainment. We will bleed into the entertainment to hear the rest of the story, everybody. Don't you fret. Yeah. Yeah. So, um... As I crack so, the second beer. Yes. Um... And I'll do the same, actually. So there was no, there were no turlets over there. So, um... <laughs> so... Uh, so we must... We walked out of that building, and we must have very... We must have looked very obviously confused. Because from essentially... Like, you know, like a, a block, like a city block here in, yeah. um, from like that far, roughly that far away, the guy actually got up, walked over to us and led us to where the public restroom was, which was right next to the building we thought where it was. <laughs> it was clearly <laughs> labeled as such, but that, that was super nice. And, uh, I went to a bar there in Heidelberg and, uh, it you know is like all kinds of different people like a guy with like a full beard walked in with like wearing a the pink ballerinas tutu nice. um and uh you know my german as i said earlier is not good but uh the people in the bar they really appreciated me speaking some german you know yeah. ordering the beer in german and stuff and you know one guy was saying you know i really appreciated that you know it was very respectful of me and he wanted to thank me for showing him that Germany. courtesy and so he actually paid for my bar tab oh nice dude yeah and that uh, confidence confidence brings you anywhere and uh they had a town ta- like a, a craft market in the town square mm-hmm. and uh um uh and they had a craft market in the town square, and uh, uh, they, there was a guy there. Like they had people selling like homemade scarves and socks and jewelry and stuff. Yeah. Um, and this one guy was selling fancy soaps, and I'm like, oh my gosh, fancy soap! My mom would love one of these. And so I, I was so proud of myself. I did the whole transaction with even a little back and forth in German. And as soon as the transaction was over, the guy starts speaking to me in English. And he's like, oh man, your German is so good. Like I'm like, oh thank you, it's really not. And he's like, oh no, it is, it is. Where did you learn that? And I'm like, well, my mom, my brother, and I tried to learn, teach ourselves a little German earlier in life and then i took like a year of it in college he's like oh well tell your mom she did a great job teaching you german because you know you your german is really excellent hell yeah Teresa. yeah (laughs) and uh just yeah everyone in heidelberg was so in a country that was great with 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 the exception possibly of cologne uh where (laughs) everyone was crazy friendly Heidelberg was even more friendly and welcoming than anywhere else I went to. Well, Vince, we and like, I know, like, uh, if only there was more time. Just a real quick. Oh, no, no, it's okay. I was just going to really, say. Really, really quick. I, I was so, just going to say, we will have to do a remote split six from Germany in the future one day. Yes. So just uh, just really quick. So, um, like, like, really, everywhere was super beautiful. Got to see the Black Forest. Super cool. Like, uh, super pretty. Um, uh, the food was super delicious. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, like I got to try. Uh, they eat a lot of like root vegetables, sprouts, and sausages. I mean, there. I get down and, with most of that. And then, uh, um, 
they the the desserts were so good like i tried black forest cake which is a layer of chocolate cake a layer of cherries <laughs> another layer of chocolate cake then the whole thing is spritzed with cherry liquor then it's frosted and then there's whipped cream over it then there's chocolate bark over it then there's cherries on top of it yo we're gonna so have to good. have we're gonna have to have uh, the next time you, your hold up section is gonna have to be all food based because yeah. you are the king of Food, even though you are lactose intolerant yes <laughs> uh and they actually gave me the recipe for that black forest cake so i'm gonna have to try and make it one of these days oh yeah um and then also really quick uh um the cruise company we went with avalon waterways uh-huh. phenomenal i can't like i can't even if i tried i can't think of a single bad thing about any of the staff on that ship everything was perfect the food was delicious the um it, it just the the service was out of this world like the five thousand dollar check they gave you to say this on this podcast was pretty cool yes that was very <laughs> cool too like like seriously avalon waterways fantastic company like i cannot say enough good things about them and nice. like the the optional excursions they organized the tour guides they hired for each town were informative and friendly and helpful and made made you feel like you had the confidence to explore each town on your own mm-hmm. um you know even once the guided part of the tour stopped yeah. um and, and the cruise director this guy named brahm now i can't i can't do his accent right but i'm gonna try here anyway <laughs> okay so unlike the the last day of the cruise there's this like ping over the intercom and uh, this guy is like uh hello Good day. This is your cruise director, Brahm, speaking. Uh, so there are four of you on this ship. You know who you are. Uh, who have outstanding unpaid balances for this cruise. Now, as I hope you know, uh, tonight is the last night of the cruise. And tomorrow morning, uh, we take you to the airport. Yeah? So... Uh, we're going to have to ask you to um, find some time this evening to go to the receptionist desk and uh, pay your outstanding balances for this trip. Now, if you do not do this, well, we are not going to make you walk the plank tomorrow morning, but I can guarantee you that it will be nothing but drama, drama, drama. So find some time to settle your outstanding balances tonight, yes? Hell yeah. (laughs) Yeah, dude, I could... And I didn't... Like, I I want to just follow this guy around all day and just listen to him talk because his voice was so soothing. <laughs> and and like I know like and I want to say really quick like uh um the even though yeah like uh, Cologne Cathedral like really does stand out to me just for being awful. Like mm-hmm. I really I do want to emphasize how really friendly and helpful and kind everyone in germany was outside of cologne um and even if you didn't speak great german like just really just good good friendly people i can't recommend traveling to germany enough i it's one of my (laughs) one of my top destinations i want to go to considering i've only been to canada once the only time i've ever been out of this country but um uh, (laughs) we'll have to do an avalon river cruise won't we maybe we'll plan one for next year should (laughs) be a fun trip but uh, Vince, yeah. that 
that was, is going to have to conclude your German story for this mm-hmm. podcast. Yes. Remember, you can, next time you're on, you can always hold up and, it, and uh, yeah. change, change one of the subjects. I know. If only there was more time. <laughs> but we have to move on to entertainment because there is much to talk about. Yes. I know. Have you seen Joker? No, I have not. Oh, okay. Well, I want to. I'm actually hoping to go see it soon, but I have not had the chance yet. Okay. Well, um, uh, without spoiling anything, uh, my thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, I like I, it. I am going to go see it, but... Um, for the sake, uh, you feel free to spoil stuff. Okay, I'm not going to just in case people haven't seen it because it just came out. Mm-hmm. I think last weekend, right? Um, uh, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, um, Walking Phoenix, phenomenal, phenomenal Joker. Mm-hmm. Um, I think acted better than Heath Ledger. Mm-hmm. I like Heath Ledger's oh. Joker better, but mm-hmm. Walking Phoenix was much harder to pull off. Mm-hmm. Um, so props, major props to him. He should probably get nominated for something for that portrayal. Very cool. Story wise, um, it's not it's not it's not a superhero movie like mm-hmm. remotely. There's like mm-hmm. just Batman elements into it. Um, um, it's political. Mm-hmm. In, How so? Like a big part of it is like uh, I guess I guess this isn't really spoiling, but like Gotham's in like shambles and like mm-hmm. people are like starting to riot against the rich. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's like clear there's like clear political uh, lines drawn from like our society now mm-hmm. in terms of like you know people you know how people are like rallying against the rich and whatnot yeah yeah um and to gotham but that takes place like i don't know timeline wise it's weird because it's like walking phoenix looks really old and when mm-hmm. batman grows up you know because like bruce wayne bruce he's wayne, younger than the joker right yeah like a lot younger like it looks walking phoenix looks like he's like 40 and bruce wayne's like a kid in this one so like when, uh, <laughs> you know i don't know maybe that like a joker toxin like joker toxin joker falls into like mm, suppresses aging mm. well that's not this story yeah <laughs> um, it's cringeworthy it's like <laughs> there's scenes that are hard to watch because you feel so bad for uh joker uh-huh kind of things um do, do they give him a name in this yes what is his name i forget okay but they it's it's said a lot but, okay um so they don't just call him joker the whole time <laughs> no, no no no. he starts out it's before it's like it's basically his origin story mm-hmm. this weird version of it mm-hmm. um but yeah um mm-hmm. go see it i feel like it's an important movie to see i wouldn't say it's like the best movie I've ever saw but it's mm-hmm. like really well acted like walking mm-hmm. phoenix it's such a crazy good job Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so uh, go see it. Uh, the ending is very, very fun, mm-hmm. very fucked up, but very fun. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so no, I will say so. I like I said, I fully intend to see this movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the the Joker origin story that I'm most familiar with is that it's called the Killing Joke. And I actually have that comic book in my room. It's the only comic book I have in my room. Ah, have you read it yet? Not all the way through. So um, it's only taken me five years. <sighs> darn it. Um, uh, really do you want me to novels. do not? Do you want me to avoid spoilers for Killing Joke? I don't care. Okay. Um. So, uh, you know, Killing Joke is a, it's a standalone comic book or graphic novel because it's a collection of comic books strung together into a larger book. Uh, okay. <laughs> um. Uh. Uh, which is it is the Joker's origin story, and one of them. Uh, yes, one of them. It's the one. It's the most popular, and it's the one that's most often referenced. And it's an excellent character study. It's an mm. excellent delve into the 
the Joker's psyche and a lot of the best portrayals of the Joker, like the Joker in the Arkham Asylum series of video games, Batman in the Batman animated TV show, yeah. Batman or Joker, sorry, Joker in uh, the the Dark Knight, um, used the Killing Joke as his reference point for the character. I mean, I would um, I would dispute the Dark Knight. Yeah, no, they did that for the Dark Knight. The that that is. But the, did, didn't you say he you felt falls into? Because I've read most of it. Didn't he fall mm-hmm. into a vat of stuff? So that's why his skin's white? Uh, yes. That's not how the Dark Knight is. Well, wait. So, no. In the um, in the Killing Joke. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't remember if that's in the Killing Joke. But really, the I'm important sure thing is. about the Killing Joke is it's a character study. It's, it's okay. about understanding the Joker. Right. But and the Dark Knight is about not use... knowing at all about the Joker, right? Because that's why they give him like five different origin stories in that. No, no, actually. So at least I disagree. So, well, I know, I know for certain that Christopher Nolan, Mm -hmm. that was one of the comics that inspired the Dark Knight. And that was like mandatory reading uh, for him. But like, so, so so that was, so, so that was used in there, even if it wasn't interpreted literally. But so basically, um, wait, hold on. I want, I want, I want to, I want to hash this out real quick. go, Go ahead. So Dark Knight Joker, what can you tell me about him? You can't tell me anything, right? Uh, so like so so that's actually so he doesn't present a backstory to anyone but there are hints to it uh so so like basically in the what i think is most impressive about the killing joke is that it basically tells a story about this guy who he's really struggling and his life sucks and everyone spits on him and he becomes like spiteful and angry uh, you know and cruddy about his the way bad way he's treated and uh you know he turns into a terrible person and he rationalizes his terrible behavior by saying that well i'm i'm not bad everyone is like as terrible as i am but i'm the only one who's being honest about it and it uh it parallels that to Batman's origin story. And, you know, it, it basically, it tells the story, it's like, of two people, Batman and Joker, who both had awful things happen to them in their life. But whereas Batman chose to turn those awful things into a positive to help people, to try and make sure what happened to him didn't hap- would never happen to anyone else, mm-hmm. Joker uh, used that as an excuse to behave terribly and then rationalize that, that by saying, well, everyone's just like me, so there's not, it's not really immoral because morality is a lie because we're all terrible people. And like they reference that in The Dark Knight when Batman's like, what are you trying to prove? That deep down everyone's just as ugly as you are. Remember when Batman has Joker yeah, painted yeah, at the end yeah. of Dark Knight? Like references to it like that. Right. Um, I mean, I can, hear, I can hear references to this new Joker yeah. in that too. And so like uh, – so the thing – so like I said, I, I fully intend to see Joker – the move, the new movie, but I I hope that like the the thing I keep hearing that is troubling to me is, about the Joker film is that they it's they don't seem to what I've heard is that they don't seem to know how to 
feel about the Joker. They you, like, you, they film like has this attitude like, all right, is the Joker right to be a homicidal maniac? Is he wrong? I don't, I don't know. It's ah, up to you. See, so that's the thing. How do you feel about that? Because like that's what I've heard and I haven't seen it, but that's what I keep hearing. Well, so this film has a lot more to do with mental illness with this mm-hmm. Joker. Like it's like insanity. Mm-hmm. So I don't really think you can say like, uh, if he's right to do what he does or if mm-hmm. he's wrong to do what he does, I think he just divulges deeper and deeper into insanity and mm-hmm. eventually comes out who he, who he is supposed to be, you know? And like, it's basically like, what if you don't control people that are like manically insane? Like, mm-hmm. This is kind of what, and if you, like you said, spit on people and kick them while they're down, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, there's a lot. It's a lot to it. It's hard to it's hard to talk about without you seeing it. Because I mm-hmm. don't. I really don't. I know you don't care yeah. about spoilers, but I yeah. really just want you to see it because there's okay. certain things. A- like I will see it, it regardless. I don't know yeah. how you'll feel about it to be honest. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's interesting. I think it's mm-hmm. an important movie to see, and it's like don't go into it thinking it's a superhero movie. That's all oh I can yeah, tell I know anybody. that. It's I know not, it's not a superhero like, movie. If you yeah. never even heard about, mm-hmm. if they say Batman didn't exist at all, and this movie just came out, yeah, um, it would still be just just as good um probably a lot less popular because it's not a fucking superhero movie that's what rules the world right now yeah but mm-hmm. go see that movie everybody yeah um yeah like uh, uh i look forward to seeing it like i guess i hope i don't walk away from the film thinking like you know this movie is an in endorsements of like giving into your inner demons um i mean it might come off like that mm-hmm. it definitely it definitely might and mm-hmm. I, it, yeah i mean i can see that huh well but like i mean that's kind of the joker's mm-hmm. whole thing right mm-hmm. like so i think if that's the case it successfully does the job of the story it's trying to tell like mm-hmm. not every story is going to be a good one mm-hmm. you know it's mm-hmm. just about if it's honest or not yeah it's like I guess it's like, uh, you know, I feel like it's a tricky business, but I, I feel like it's important to when you have like, uh, you know, when you're writing a story about awful people doing awful things, it's important to like still like impart to the audience that like this is not right. I am not endorsing this. And I think George R.R. R. Martin actually does a really good job of that mm. with his Game, Game of, of Thrones. Thrones. Yeah. With his Game of Thrones villains. Cause you really get a lot of, you know, in-depth view of a lot of the villains and they're just mm. awful, awful people. But you know, you never walk away from the book or the show thinking like, Oh, you know, Cersei has a point there. You know, she's just misunderstood. You know, you know what I mean? Or like, Oh, you know, the, the, I don't the know. mountains, I, I can, like, I oh, the mountains just, you know, it, he's just, you know, he's just has a lot of pent up anger. It's not really his <laughs> fault. He does what he does. Okay. So I don't get that way with the mountain, but I mm-hmm. understand Cersei a lot more than that. Like, mm-hmm. especially from reading the books, you know, like Cersei's, mm-hmm. the, you know, she's defending her children and she would go out and, She'll stop at nothing to defend her, no matter how villainous it makes her. Mm-hmm. But this one, yeah. it's different because it's yes, like, but it's it's, it's like, like you never feel like doesn't, he's, he doesn't ever sorry, feel like good. he's in control of himself. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, it's not like it's not like necessarily enabling. It's just like a bunch of mismanaging of mental health is what this whole movie is basically about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess. And so I want to clarify, like, uh, yes, like I feel like they you you do a, you 
George R. R. Martin does a really good job of letting you, helping you understand mm-hmm. Cersei, but even when you understand her, it doesn't make her any less evil. Correct. Like, and with the killing joke, you understand the Joker, but you un- you you understand him to be kind of kind of pathetic for you know taking out you know his feelings in such a negative way yeah and i guess like that's the the danger or not dangerous that's too that's not the right word but like that's the too dramatic but like that's the concern i have about this movie is that it doesn't leave you with a clear feeling of you know i understand the joker and he sucks it's like oh i understand joker and hey wow i were you know kind of a cool guy you know yeah, no, I don't. I don't get that vibe. It's more like mm-hmm. uh, I don't understand the Joker, and uh-huh. there's not really a way for for me to because mm-hmm. I am not him. Like, okay, like I don't know. I liked it. Yeah, liked so it. Uh, I, I'm the I'm really looking forward really cool. to it. I'm really looking forward to it. It's slow. It's slow. Very slow. Um, like there's par- like I said, there's parts that are hard to watch, mm-hmm. not because of like violence, but because of mm-hmm. like just how disturbing they are. No, because like it's just like he's. Because you know the premise is he's a he's a stand-up comedian. Yeah, and like he's not good at it, and mm-hmm. it's like really hard to watch him fail. Mm. Like yeah. it's cringeworthy at times. Oof. Like it's like it's not like it's not like it's not it's not. I don't. A lot of people said it was too gruesome and too mm-hmm. violent, but mm-hmm. it's it's not. I don't think so at all. Um, I uh-huh. mean, like you're watching like fucking marvel movies where like whole cities are fucking burning people are fucking <laughs> fading to ashes and this is not mr shit stark i don't feel so good yeah, come on get over yourself guys this is just a dark tone like and it's just like mm-hmm. i don't know it's good it's mm-hmm. good and it's different and i think awesome. everyone should see it yeah um, um uh, with the oh, oh god oh, i was gonna say something else with the remaining time we have in the entertainment section did you have something else to add i just wanted to ask if you saw ad astra i have no clue what that is movie with brad pitt space movie I I am sorry. I actually have no clue what that is. It's okay. Saw it the other day. Mm-hmm. Uh, was pretty hyped up. Mm-hmm. Um, thought it kind of fucking sucked. Uh-huh. And I love sci-fi space movies. It it, it was like mm. Interstellar, but with uh, anything fun that Interstellar uh-huh. had in it. And you said who is the star? Brad Pitt. Okay. Ah, oh, that's disappointing. Yeah, it's just um, it's like a big travel story where nothing fucking happens. <laughs> so. I guess... Um, so what did you want to bring up? So El Camino? Uh, no, actually. So this is actually not new, but it's something I just... So one of my friends who's really big into... Uh, my friend Craig, who's really big into anime like I am, uh-huh. re- so recommended this uh, anime miniseries called Mobile Suit Gundam the 8th MS Team. I know, that title's a mouthful. And you have to explain what the, the premise of this. Yeah, so any so Mobile Suit Gundam is a very long... It's been around since the 1970s. Very long-running anime series about people who, like, pilot, like, giant human-shaped robots that are, like, the size of, like, skyscrapers, and they, they have Like Pacific wars. Rim robots. Yes, like Pacific Rim robots, and they have wars with other people piloting giant robots like that. Okay. Um, I, I, you may remember I really liked uh, Gundam Wing, 
uh, when I was little, when Toonami was on Cartoon Network. Yeah. Oh, I remember Toonami. Yeah. Bring oh. you back that little guy yeah. in the spaceship. Yeah, like, Kind of like, like Mega Man, but. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of fat. And then yeah. they made, redesigned him and he was muscled. Yeah. Sex sells, baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, mm. um, so uh, the 8th MS team it's a it's like it's only like 16 or 18 or something like that episodes long it's a not a long it's like it's a mini series it's yeah, not that long yeah. so like uh it is a fun on the whole pretty upbeat like action show but it's a it I, it is a phenomenal anti-war story it is an excellent excellent anti-war story because like uh uh, and they do that they have this very like down-to-earth feeling anti-war story without feeling that dark like it it feels like those two things wouldn't fit together but they they make it happen the quality of the writing is so good like so it's like uh it what's really so genius about it I think is that so it starts and it's like it's a like I just described it's a fun action show and like oh cool we got these cool guys with cool like elite yeah. super giant robot pilot team and we're fighting the other super giant robots and they're evil and we're gonna kill them and like fun action you know and it's it's cool and then like uh, um as the series goes on you learn more about like the pilots on the other side okay. and they're just as you know heroic and interesting and complex as the pilots on the the first side that the the the, the, the protagonist is on and so then like uh it's like when you get to the end and there's like the the big like multi-episode climactic battle happening it's like um so the the original side that you start knowing which is called the federation and the other side is called zeon um so you have the federation uh, team fight you know they're fighting the Xeon forces and like the the federation team it's like it's like this cool like you know uh you know epic battle where they're being heroic and being self-sacrificing and Uh being awesome people and then but at this point in the story you you know the Xeon people that they are actually fighting and you know from their point of view what they're doing is just as cool and heroic and awesome and self-sacrificing as is for the other side and so like it's like 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 on on one side you know each side thinks they're being suit like they're the good guys and you as the person watching it it's gut-wrenching because you you know both the people fighting even though they don't know each other and so it's horrible when one of them kills the other uh and it's it's yeah. it's great it's like good, it's good, such good, a good, good yeah good and evil is just a relative thing like most people want to be good and most people think they're being good mm. and you know like no one just is like i mean there are people that are straight up evil but like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. normally they're they they have their reasons you know as fucked up as they are mm-hmm. you know what's that rick and morty qu- quote where it's like, 
yeah good and evil or just like a relative thing or something like that like it's just there's no such thing as it it's just everyone's trying to be good and just people disagree it's like uh it, it's it, this series like the 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 main message of this series is war is inherently evil no matter how like you know upstanding and like professional the armies involved are war is inherently evil there's just no way there it it is impossible to conduct a war and be truly good like Um, like making anyone else suffer that's just essentially what evil is and and it's like i don't i don't agree with the the rick and morty quote actually because i think that evil is a real thing because when you have people who you know say tried to try to stop like black people from having the right to vote just because they're fearful angry bigots like that is evil even if they have their reasons and like people who are okay with putting Mm -hmm. Mexican migrants and small children into tiny cages and starving them and then sending them back that, to war zones essentially like that is evil or, or like, like, like you know, starting, even if they starting have war. rationalizations it's like with the killing joke even if they even if I understand them even if they have a rationalization for the horrible things they're doing you're still evil for doing right. that and you still should be opposed for that like starting a war with false pretenses that you know you don't have shit going on mm-hmm. in iraq and mm-hmm. displacing a bunch of people sending a bunch of soldiers to die killing a bunch of other people yeah killing but, hundreds know, of thousands of civilians you know yeah. uh, but we yeah. but you know as, as me ellen degeneres i can be friends <laughs> with anybody and I don't, <laughs> i'm friends with people that wear that wear fur coats i'm sure all of you people that listen can relate to that mm-hmm. um and you know, i don't want them to uh, you know uh you know every Everyone should just get along, you know. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. Some shit you can't stand for. I, we will get to that. I definitely have, obviously, have strong opinions about that. But, um, uh, but okay, cool. Um, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it pits you on both sides of it. Yeah. In a very successful way, huh? Mm-hmm. It, it's where it's, can we watch this? Uh, unfortunately, it's not really on TV anywhere now. Um, so you can watch it. it. You can, yes, you <laughs> could illegally download it. You can buy it on DVD or Blu-ray. It's on What's Crunchyroll. That? I know, right? You can buy it on Crunchyroll, <laughs> and I Crunchyroll? think it's, it's like an anime-specific Netflix, which I oh, okay. I think. Do you have don't it? quote me on this. I think it's <laughs> I on Netflix, and you know, as well as Crunchyroll. Oh, okay. I have it on Blu-ray because that's what Craig, my friend, had it on, and he Got let you. me borrow his Blu-ray of it. I gave away my Blu-ray player because it's 2019. Fear <laughs> number three, power. The president grabbed me. He grabbed us all, but we have to start the politi- the political segment of this podcast with a sports argument, Vince. Oh. So, um, there's there was a tweet by the mm-hmm. general manager of the Houston Rockets, which is a basketball franchise in the nba his uh-huh. name is uh daryl morey mm-hmm. and he he simply tweeted out um fight for freedom stand with hong kong okay and- yeah uh good you know i'm I, you know the people of hong kong should be proud of themselves for this civil disobedience they're exercising here now you might be wondering okay how does this relate to the nba other than the rockets manager sending you know i i actually think i heard about this already but go ahead Um, so we're all on the same page so 
the NBA has been trying to grow its franchise or grow its, uh, you know, domain across brand. the world, brand yeah. across the world, and especially yeah. in China, which accounts for ten percent of their revenue. Mm-hmm. That some wow, wow say. that's a lot. Dang. Yeah. But uh, China mm-hmm. uh, is threatening to cut all ties with the NBA and has canceled some events. Has there's companies in China that are canceling like their deals with the NBA be- simply because of this tweet, and people in the NBA. They're like, you know, they've been the NBA is notoriously outspoken against social issues. Like a lot of the people are like talk, talk back against Trump and his rhetoric. Um, but they have. So, so then this happens and all this money is starting to be lost by it. Mm-hmm. And now the NBA is freaking out and they're scared. Oh, they're, Chinese money is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. 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 And uh, they, they're sending some players to do like apologies mm-hmm. <laughs> to everything. Just. Because yep. Of this that's one what tweet. I heard about. Yep. Um, they're asking coaches like Steve Kerr and Greg Povich who have uh, be- previously said negative things about Trump because of his atrocities mm-hmm. um, but they're not really saying the same things about this Chinese government which is even you know some would say worse <laughs> you mm-hmm. know and it, it is worse like mm-hmm. <laughs> you know you can't really argue that yeah um, <laughs> you know they have that fucking one child uh, policy that devastated their country and now they and change it to that a they, two child they, policy they won't apologize for that they will not apologize for that, right? And so Trump, yeah. Trump, Trump actually spoke on this today, um, saying that Steve Kerr looked like he was afraid. Who was hmm. Steve Kerr? The coach of the Warriors, and, and he's the one who sent out that uh, no, pro no, no. Hong Kong he text. Just, they just asked about it at a press conference, uh-huh. press conference, and he didn't yeah. like speak up like he has previously about the USA's issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, I actually do agree with the president on this. Like, fucking mm-hmm. have the balls to stand up to everything, mm-hmm. not just your own country. Like, stand mm-hmm. up to the world atrocities. That are going on, but mm-hmm. money talks. Mm-hmm. So, how do you feel about all this? What do you think so, the NBA should do? Should they? What do you? What do you so, think they should do? So, what, what? What's the name of the guy who tweeted the original tweet about? Daryl Daryl Morey. He's the general manager for the Houston Rockets. Thank you. So, uh, I, you know, I'm really happy Daryl Morey put put out that tweet. Mm. Good for him. He might get and, fired because of it. Yeah, and that is insanely shameful that this guy might get fired for expressing support for uh people in china excuse me who are standing up to the current chinese government's oppressive policies you know because uh um china so so i want to make it really clear okay like I'm cool with Chinese people like I'm like I don't I don't hate China as a nation as a culture but the current Chinese president Xi Jinping has moved China in a very totalitarian direction for the Uyghur minority in China he's basically turned China into 1984 he's turned it into an Orwellian like hellscape basically I'm sure they have Muslim conversion camps yeah they do they do they do the the Uyghurs yeah okay. they uh um they have yeah can re-education camps for the Uyghurs um the Chinese government has instituted this thing called these things this thing called a social score where each person has a social score and that's judged on like what's what do you tweet on social media what do you 
text to your friends, the content of emails that you send and phone calls that you give to other people, every, can, pretty much everything that's conceivably like traceable. Mm-hmm. Um, like, where do you go? Like, do you do you run through red lights? Do you only cross the street when the street light says that you can? Yeah, they have um, high high forms of facial recognition technology. Yeah, they there. they have yeah t- a huge security like surveillance apparatus where they just track all this insignificant mm-hmm. if nonsense. You, if you ever watched and, the Black and, Mirror episode Nosedive, it's like essentially that happening in China. It's like 1984. I haven't yeah. seen that unfortunately, but yeah, it's like 1984. It's it's a it's a it's a spy state where, you know, there is no privacy. And they if you forget even you directly expressing like criticism of the Chinese government or pro-democracy sentiment like if you are doing things that the Chinese government thinks could lead to that in the future mm-hmm. like say not following like uh traffic rules perfectly right. like uh you, so you saying that you like american shit. you know yeah exactly saying that you you like uh western media you saying you like the daily show a uh, you know uh western right. tv shows video games whatever you know you know anything they think could lead to you being not a completely loyal slave like uh, that lowers your social score Mm. and if your social score is lower that limits where you can travel where you can live whether or not you can rent a car it's a ton of just insane scary nonsense so like literally in that black mirror episode nosedive the person can't rent a car because their social score is not (laughs) yeah it's that it's not like four stars out of five Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like it's it's, yeah. it's literally the same thing. Like, if you if you don't know what I'm talking about, go watch that fucking Black Mirror episode, and that's mm-hmm. what's happening in China right now. Yeah, no, Jessica and, Chastain's in it, so you know it's, you know it's gonna be. Good. And I'm gonna have to watch this now. But yeah, and you know this is why like pri- digital privacy laws and rules are important to have if we want to maintain a, a real democracy. Yeah. Um, because this can happen. Um, and like even in the Uyghur area of china which i think is in like north western china um now this has not been instituted in across the entire country yet but in the uyghur area like they if they if you have a low social score like if they say nick uh we kind of don't like that you uh you've been tweeting about game of thrones and uh, <laughs> you really support the Starks. You really talk a lot about how you you think it's good that uh, Jon Snow disobeyed his orders. And you think it's good that, uh, um, you know, like uh, Arya and Sansa say they care about their people. Well, we don't really like that. Um, so uh, your social score is going down. Uh, so what they will do is they will install security cameras like on the outside of your house so they know like all through all the windows so they can see all the windows and exits to your house so they know exactly when you leave your home and they will also install security cameras in your living room so they can watch you when you're in your home and in some cases they'll even install security cameras in your bedroom to watch you fuck yeah not that you can yeah. fuck anyone a, in China because the guy to girl ratio is very poor there. But yeah, but it's like it's like they they want to make sure you know that hey, if you don't toe the party line, 
you have no privacy. We know exactly what you're doing at all times. And if we see you doing something then that mm-hmm. we don't like, you're going to a re-education camp. So how can and th- so, the NBA being like yeah. one of the wokest leagues in all the major <laughs> sports, you know, always coming at the president, always coming at our own social issues, which are which is good that they do because our own our president is fucked and our social issues in this country are fucked. Mm-hmm. Like, but how can you just sit back and idly watch as yeah, and and then like bow down to fucking yeah. China. So so and then, so that's so thank you. And so like that's the thing why it's like I know Hong Kong is it's like it's it's its own place. It actually has like a different culture than the Chinese yeah, and mainland. It has like, it has like but, a separate laws to stop the Yeah. Right, like that. a semi it, it's like a semi semi autonomous region of China. Right. Um so I think that that's incredibly brave and noble of the people of Hong Kong to exercise you know peaceful civil disobedience against this like really corrupt abusive you know swannabe dictatorship mm-hmm. that the Chinese government has become and that is that is so brave of them and that's awesome and that is insanely cowardly of the NBA to try and quash support for the protesters in, you know, not even material support, just saying, hey, you guys are doing a good job on social media, which is nothing. That's nothing. That doesn't really help them at all. If you Um, you want to make it about money, tell mm -hmm. people it's about money. That's why we're not saying anything. Yeah. They'll take away our money. Like, we know that we know we live in a capitalistic society. Mm -hmm. Like, fucking admit that and stop pretending like you're these social fucking warriors when you you don't really give a shit if if you're going to lose money from your fucking paycheck. And yeah, and so like you know like that it's that. Like think about it. Like it's not even the NBA isn't even like doing anything to really help the protesters. Just saying, "Hey, yeah, thumbs up." Like and that gets the Chinese government angry. Yeah. Like they're saying, "Hey, knock that off and then go on a humiliating apology tour and apologize for even saying something that we disagree you know, with. Like, Le- like it's sorry to cut you off for it. So, so real quick. So I think that that is insanely shameful of the NBA to bow down to that. And I think it's also insanely un-American and undemocratic and i i really think the nba deserves all the criticism they get for this because it is it, it's it's cowardly and it's right. greedy no it totally is and like uh i don't know like they used to have like the Le, like lebron james would go over there and they would have um uh, you know big crowds for all these people now mm-hmm. now like the people who are going over there now like because they're supposed to play a game over there yeah like a scrimmage yeah game. But, like, there's less crowds, and the people there, whenever the ESPN cameras come, they're, like, hiding their face because mm-hmm. they're fucking afraid that mm-hmm. they're going to be seen with these people who one of their managers for one of their sports mm-hmm. sent out a tweet. And then, and you know what? They probably would lose their jobs or what? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Stuff would happen and would, they wouldn't be able to there's, go on a like vac- said, that vacation they Their planned. social score yeah. will go down. Yeah. 
Yeah, and you know that maybe because their social social score goes down, they can't go on that vacation they paid for already. Maybe it's they a, can't. It's a weird, yeah, weird yeah, go to go to that college they wanted to go. It's to. a weird, different form of slavery that's not mm-hmm. like straight up slavery. It's like social, social. slavery. Yeah, yeah, social slavery. That's I like that. And oh, you like and, it? And, and you so, moved to China. Yeah, oh, I love <laughs> I love social slavery, man. I love having social slaves. Oh gosh, that sounds bad. So, uh, so. You know, I think it's insanely embarrassing that we have some of our our major like sports industries just like capitulating, bowing down to this wannabe dictatorship, to this wannabe Orwellian, you know, like slave state, and like oh. Please, oh, we're sorry. We one guy said something bad about you. Please, please forgive us. Please keep giving us your money. It, it's yeah. It's, it's you're pathetic. It's not, even, it's not even that they're bowing down to China. It's that they're bowing down to fucking money, and that's mm-hmm. what everyone bows down to. Mm-hmm. Like everyone will sacrifice any. Like there's probably some things that you would do that you wouldn't normally do, but if somebody paid you enough money, you would fucking do it. It's because like uh, that's how you... that's money rules the world, and that's what we need to fucking change about yeah. the world. Is we it's... need to not have money rule it. Mm-hmm. Need to be, it needs to be not ruled by any kind of resource or anything. Mm-hmm. Like it just needs to be. Maybe it needs to be ruled by a social system, but not one that's dependent on your livelihood. You know, mm-hmm. like no, you should be judged by how good of a person you are, not yeah. by fucking how much money you have to pay off people. Yeah, it's it, it really. So we should be as the United States, as like the the country that brought democracy made democracy modern again made it like a real viable option for major countries again we should be wholeheartedly supporting those brave hong kong protesters uh and not like uh you know like uh making like simpering apologies to uh Xi Jinping for daring to have a different opinion on something than him. To like anything that's gonna shade and, his name. Yeah. And like, essentially did you know hurt that, his sh- social score. Not that it yeah. fucking matters for him, but like did, did you know that because a common way to make fun of him was to call Winnie him the Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> yeah. So he made Winnie the Pooh illegal in China. So it's illegal to publicly display Winnie the Pooh anywhere. Dude, it sounds like if it sounds like what Trump. Yeah, would he's do not if, insecure it, at all. If Trump could have any like, like as much control as Xi Jinping does, like mm-hmm. that sounds exactly like what Trump would be doing. I know, really. Like Gosh. I mean, already like with Trump, mm-hmm. Trump, like let's get to this impeachment stuff. Like he, him refusing to like let go of any of the stuff. Like uh, refusing mm-hmm. to cooperate with the impeachment hearings in the House. Oh gosh! Um, and and finish uh, your thoughts. It's it's just yeah. it's just so fucking dark right now because I and you know my main problem is with mm-hmm. all the people that are like like I see all these people in my timeline that support Trump and you know if you want to support Trump I don't even know if that's fine but you know do what you got to do but how do you not understand that what he did was illegal mm-hmm. and then him him slandering everything is just poisoning the well and making everyone believe this bullshit that is just not fucking happening mm-hmm. and taking away from the fact that what he did was constitutionally illegal mm-hmm. you cannot use your power in offense and your influence to withhold aid mm-hmm. to a country in order to gain fucking dirt on your political allies the most likely political ally to come mm-hmm. against you in the primaries mm-hmm. and then when they question it and you say like, oh, I released the transcripts. Well, the transcripts were redacted like mm-hmm. more than people think. 
And why don't you release the fucking tapes that you have? Why mm-hmm. don't you move all that shit to a private server that you're not supposed to do it unless it's super classified shit? What are all these texts that are coming out about? Like, come on. Like, I don't know. I just get so fucking riled up with this mm-hmm. because a lot of people just don't understand. That- it, it, it's so... I actually have a few a few things to uh, you know jump jump off jump from there. Is so first I just say so it's like so okay I get it. It sucks when you have to tear down someone who's on your side. You know, especially if it's someone you feel like you have a personal connection with because of the policies they've instituted or the the things they've yeah. said. It like it sucks, but like you some some not often, but sometimes you have to do it. Like when um you know uh, Kwame Kilpatrick was exposed for all the you know horrible corrupt nonsense he was doing. You know the former mayor of Detroit, yeah, Kwame right, Kilpatrick. Right, right. So you know Kwame Kilpatrick, he he was like a really well educated black man and he 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 had a lot to say about like you know black people you know get screwed in our society and have the same opportunities as white people have and you know detroit is neglected because it's a majority black city and yes to all of that but like you know you have to he he's a terrible Kwame Kilpatrick is a horrible awful corrupt person and even though, yeah, he he says a lot of things, he has said a lot of things that I would agree with, I can't let that let me from going against his right. being punished for being a crim- uh, an awful criminal. Just because somebody and, and, does something good doesn't mean what they did bad doesn't carry any weight. Yeah, yeah. And, and so, and you know, when... Uh, and and like I said, it sucks. Okay, it doesn't feel good, but sometimes you just you got to do it. And you know when Kwame was uh um you know basically when he was arrested and sentenced to jail time for all the awful corrupt things he treating the city of Detroit like his own personal piggy bank. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, there were Essentially some. Essentially, what Trump's doing with the country. There were some. Yeah, there were some people who stood by him, but. For the most part, Democrats said, yes, we need to punish this criminal because that's what he is, even though he was a rising political star. Yeah. And it's like, I'm I'm sorry, Republicans. I know, I know it, it is a terrible feeling. It's not fun. I know. But you have to recognize that Trump, Donald Trump is a criminal as well, and he needs to be punished like a criminal, yes. like and like like a good, really good, and and like I said, I know I we no one likes going against their own guy, but you you gotta be better than that. You gotta be the big the you gotta be the big man. You gotta be strong. You gotta, you gotta be the out, good person. You gotta, you gotta call be out the hero bullshit here. when it's bullshit, mm-hmm. no matter who fucking is spewing that bullshit. You gotta yeah. fucking call it out. Yeah. And and it's like I'll give you a, like a really good example I heard about in the news recently is so uh, um actually wrote this down because it made me so angry <laughs> so uh, um so uh, are you familiar Nick with Corinthian College I don't think so okay I wasn't either until very recently well mm. uh, do tell so uh, 
so Corinthian College was a, a for-profit university that was like essentially shut down by the government for uh, proven uh, for, for for fraud and for you know for defrauding its students uh, and for abusing its students for okay. you know, for for a variety of fraud and abuse issues yeah. it was shut down and um it, it and and there was a court order that because Corinthian College was a fraudulent criminal f- criminally fraudulent institution and criminally abusive institution that students who went to Corinthian College should have their their student debt forgiven because they were being fleeced by this Corinthian college. And so even though there was a court order that these students should have their, their student debt forgiven, Betsy, yes, Betsy DeVos, our secretary of education currently, she is refusing to forgive this student debt. Now she, I heard she could be facing jail time. Doubt so, that she will because of how rich she is, which is another fucked up part of our society. But mm-hmm. well, so and so that's actually why this ties in so nicely. What we were just talking about is that so this this college commits criminal fraud in its business, the its its business business of education. It yeah. commits criminal fraud, and uh, you know there are like one. 160,000 160,000 like uh um letters from students, you know, like uh asking for debt forgiveness for this. Um and it's so like brazen that you know this is illegal this is criminal activity this college committed that the the that the that is ordered the color that there's a court order put out to forgive the student loans the forgive the student debt that these students have incurred so you know it's like this college was criminal there's a, a lawful order that their debt be forgiven because the debt was incurred by a criminal organization okay and Betsy DeVos uh it essentially says no nah, no I'm not going to do it, which is itself her saying that is itself illegal because it's in contempt of court. It's in contempt of a court order. And, you know, probably she's not going to face any consequences for doing that because she has money and connections. So, uh, you know, you know, tying this all back to the Joker shit. That's fucking a big theme in Joker. Money doesn't pay. Like, you had mm-hmm. enough money, you're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe we should all just try our hardest to just become fucking as rich as we fucking can be. Mm-hmm. Because there are no consequences once you have enough money. You can't do, you can do whatever the fuck you want, which is, in general, super fucked up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's why the president, he's been a billionaire his whole life, you know, allegedly a billionaire his whole life. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's why he's taken this presidency. Saying he can do whatever the fuck he wants, so he can get away with it. But hopefully, and I don't know if it's—I don't even know if it's going to work. But we, our, our 
uh, balance of powers in our government is supposed to be able to check this shit, but he's already mm-hmm. stocked the Supreme Court with his um, fucking cronies. cronies. Yeah. He's got fucking control of the Senate. Thankfully, we have the House, so that's why the only reason these impeachment hearings are happening, even though he clearly committed fucking illegal shit, corruption, fucking <laughs> fucking holding holding a, a country that is reliant upon our aid against goddamn Russia, who Trump is buddy-buddy with, because, mm-hmm. you know, Russia's trying to annex mm-hmm. Crimea, or already yeah, has. Right. It has already annexed, so... Russia has already invaded Ukraine and annexed the Ukrainian territory of Crimea, and Russia is continuing to uh, essentially cause discord and violence and, uh, like, trying to get, like, uh, eastern Ukraine to also separate from the main country, which is they definitely want because Ukraine was for all intent practical purposes like a russian uh um vassal state yeah but then in around the time like the arab spring was happening uh there was a a very like a, a very determined tenacious brave nonviolent protest against the corruption that infested ukraine and the then Ukrainian president, who was just a puppet of Putin, um, you know, was forced out of office, and he, of, of course, fled to Russia. Um, and then, you know, Ukraine, free of that Russian bullying, was free to make its own decisions, as it should be able to, as a sovereign yeah. country. And Russia responded by invading and annexing the Ukrainian territory of Crimea um, because there's a naval base which gives them access to the Black Sea there. And then um, in eastern eastern Ukraine is very a lot of very fertile farmland. Mm-hmm. And so Russia already has the naval base in Crimea, which gives them access to the Black Sea. They they now they they want that farmland because they, they they you know they don't want to have to pay Crimea for that wheat, for that food. They just want that to be theirs. And they're just using their power to bully this much smaller country and it's it's shameful. It's, Dude, it's shameful. Like, it's like what it's like what Trump is trying to do here. Like with Russia has like their own like media company for the government. Russia you Today. Ru- like like you know. RT. Trump is trying to do that own thing, his own thing here. Mm-hmm. Like with his own like because Trump like Trump could separate from the Republican Party and start his own party and it would be fucking successful. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you. It might it would probably take away from Republicans and maybe make Democrats mm-hmm. win. But if you can get enough people to switch sides because a lot of people like one of Russia's big strategy for the 2016 election mm-hmm. uh, from when they fucking influenced our election was to get people that voted for Bernie Sanders to not vote or to vote for Trump. And mm-hmm. it worked gratefully. I mean, it worked on my brother. It almost worked on me. I mean, I, I, I still voted for Hillary, but like, I didn't really want to. Mm-hmm. And you know, a lot, like I know a lot of people that just voted like third party or just didn't vote because, you yeah. know, and I, I, I also voted third party in that election. And I, See, I you're don't one, you're regret one of the that. Ones. I don't regret that. Well, you probably should. Mm. I think you should. Like Hillary Clinton is a terrible person. Yeah, well, why? Uh, like, we so don't is, have a lot of so, time. So, so basically, Trump, though. so 
she is essentially like the embodiment of the Washington status quo. She's like a Joe and Biden. As long as she's worse than Joe Biden. It's like she is big business. Um, you know, screw the poor, screw students, um, screw everyone who isn't super rich. Now, she isn't uh bigoted the way Trump is, but like I have no doubt that like uh um stuff like the Betsy DeVos refusing to forgive student loans. I have no doubt that that would still happen under a Clinton, Hillary Clinton administration. Right, but I don't think the country yeah. would have been like as bad as it is right now in terms of divisiveness if mm-hmm. fucking Hillary was in pre- was a president before Trump. I don't, I think yeah. people forget the lesser of two evils argument, and I think that's one of the things Russia successfully argued is that like it's not about lesser of two evils, it's about what you stand for. And, like, no, it is straight up is about lesser of two evils, mm-hmm. and I will vote for whoever comes out of the fucking Democratic primary, even if it's fucking Joe Biden. Who I fucking can't stand half the time. I mean, yeah. I'm I'm gunning it's, straight for Elizabeth Warren, but like I don't care who comes out. Even fucking mm-hmm. fucking like Paul Delaney or whatever that fucking guy <laughs> is comes out. That fucking lunatic yeah. <laughs> comes out. I'm still voting for it's, him it's over like, goddamn President Trump because voting like, third uh, party is stupid as fuck, and that's something I've learned from the last election because you they can't win. So, it's impossible. So so real quick so. I, so I also would will probably vote for whoever wins the Democratic primary because I I genuinely do believe a lot of the policies tr- thing that Trump has enacted are evil like like I mentioned earlier like putting children in cages mm-hmm. you know Brett and Kavanaugh putting them power. back to war zones because they're Mexican is evil but uh, um. I, I think that that's wrong to think that voting third party is stupid because in a democracy, you should vote for who you want to be your leader, then not vote. who you think is already been ordained to be your leader. And if, you know, the, the major candidates, you know, can't get people to want to like, like Joe Biden, they can't get people to want them to be their leader. That's their problem. That's their fault. Alright, well, uh, we're out of time, Vince. We will yeah. continue the discussion later. Vince, anywhere we can find you or follow you? Uh, no, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for coming on. Uh, we'd love to have you back anytime yeah, you want. Yeah, I um, have a blast. Uh, <laughs> thank you, everybody, for splitting six with us. Remember, it's more important to listen to somebody else than it is for them to listen to you. We'll be back next week. Um, uh, yeah, these conversations are always super constructive. <laughs> uh, I always enjoy them. Love you guys, except for you, Ellen DeGeneres. Don't fucking go to bed with a fucking war criminal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but so, yeah, thanks, Nick. Did, like, this the, this, this kind of thing is so productive. I wish there was more of this, like, discussing difficult, complex well, issues in our society. We're 160 in, 170 next week. Bye. I love you all. Bye. I love you, too.